You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's flipping freezing out right now, but man, were the flames hot in Arizona last night. Hot in the desert. They were hot. Is this on already? No, it's turned it's it hot. It's so damn hot. Flames with a 6-2 win last night <laughs> in Arizona against the Coyotes. Thanks to, uh, they pretty much won that game 20 seconds in. They just caved the Coyotes in in the first period. That thing was done after the lineup card. Are we kidding? Yeah, no kidding. You'll get to that in the, in the Rose Report coming up. But it was nice to watch a Calgary Flames game last night where it was a rocking chair win. You're just sitting back oh, enjoying yeah. a hockey Kick game. Kick it up, eh? Put your feet up. Little fireball in the morning. Put your slippers on. Yeah. Little slippy action. Yep. That's all, that's all it takes, George. Just 20 seconds in, a little backland action. Just lay it on. Every time the Coyotes turned the puck over, it was in the back of their net. Poor Karel Vizmelka, the Starbucks drink himself, unfortunately did not play very well. And- no. Flames took advantage and boom, two points in the bank. Dads are happy. Yeah. Uh, As Rick Ball says, Rusty loves it. Oh, yeah. Um, the dads, brothers, and mentors trip, however they want to call it, for the Calgary Flames uh, last night. As uh, they have a night day off in Vegas today, which I'm sure is fun. That's not bad. <laughs> uh, there's some sticks for there, that. There's yeah. something that really. Um, caught my eye yesterday that nobody will be talking about in this radio station uh-huh. because I kind of know the guy. Uh-huh. I don't know which dad, brother, or mentor, but did you see the opening of the Flames game where Ryan Leslie was sitting in the box with all the dads? Yeah. Did you see the part where somebody grabbed Ryan Leslie's head? Yeah. I don't think he was happy about that. Oh. Uh. His face just like for that split second, it's like, uh, what's going on here? Don't grab my head. I don't know. I didn't really notice it too much. See, these are the things I notice. Yeah, you don't like I'm being weird. touched, though. So that's true. I um, think it, part of the broadcast, it was it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. He was in there. The dads were goofing around. Yeah, I don't Colin think he Patterson that much. tried to throw his hat on the ice. <laughs> yeah, yep. he did. Yeah, we like. Yeah. Okay. So the boys are really enjoying Patter and uh, oh, Lanny yeah, out Lanny. there. Hey, um, Patrick's uh, watching the intro. Mm-hmm. You wait till you see his face when he gets his okay. head grabbed. And then you can break it down for us. All right. Oh, uh, flames with a big 6-2 win. How many times was Mullet said at the Mullet Arena last night? That just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Mullet Arena. A lot? Yeah. Yeah, why not? It was a ton. Good time down at the Mullet. Yeah, for sure. A lot um, of dudes wearing mullets in there. Yeah. It was fun. They probably sell them there, too. No, yeah, I would imagine. Got to. Mullet Mullet. Yeah. I would imagine so. Um, we got a busy. Uh, we got a busy show. They should do haircuts in there. Mullet haircuts? When you get a shirt. I got a mullet at the mullet. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. Idea guy. He, can I can I be honest with you? Can what? I be honest with you for one sec? Let me be honest with you. Great. You should bring those types of ideas to our show because that's a golden idea. <laughs> we can use it. I don't know. Mullet's done. I got a mullet at the big show, Sports Den 960, the fan. We can just do it ourselves. That doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, Flames of a gigantic win last night. At the uh, the Mullet Arena, six two in a game where they looked fantastic. Jacob Markstrom had to be good too. Like the the score maybe a little lopsided after that first period. Yeah, but Col- uh, Colin Patterson, Lanny McDonald doing like a they were arm, arm wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, yeah it was there, a good there's bit. a lot of hijinks. <laughs> it was a good bit. 
Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, was well executed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of high fun. Yeah, in that box. They last were night. they Wait were having it. a good time. It also helps when your team throws up four in the yeah. first period. Who was that? Yeah, that who grabbed that? his head? Uh, did you see? He wasn't. He wasn't impressed. It was Noah. Han- it was Bob Hannafin. Oh! Did you, did you see when Dennis Gilbert was in the box at one point and he realized that they were on TV and he tried to beetle <laughs> out of there? Oh <laughs> no, I didn't see that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those dudes were uh, hammering food last night. A uh, lot of good times. All all fun had by all as the Flames win six two last night in Arizona against the Coyotes. Uh, off today, as I mentioned, tomorrow in Vegas. Against the Golden Knights, uh, Frank Saravalli, NHL Dilly Faceoff, joining us at 7.30. The Chronolist, uh, Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron in studio, coming up at 8 o'clock. And uh, I think at 8.30, because uh-huh. it's Friday. And you know I like to have fun. Fun. I like to have fun. Um, lots of fun Fridays. Of fron. We can put that on a shirt if you want. I like to have lots of fun fron Fridays. Fun Fridays. It's fun Friday. Sportsnet. My mouth isn't working. Well, Sportsnet 960, the Fran. Um... A front Friday. Um, I think we're gonna try uh, the sum of all flames again. Oh, good! At eight thirty. Hell yeah! Where it's uh, you and Brent Cron pitting against one another. I love it. You know that. And I think we should make it interesting. Uh huh. I think uh, we haven't done this in a while. Mm-hmm. I think you and Cron should do the poem bet. Oh, I do love a good poem bet. You know that's right up my alley. Yeah. So the uh, the loser um, has to write a poem mm-hmm. about the winner. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I like that. So we'll see if Brent Cron um, agrees to said <laughs> stipulations and said wager. He, I, I doubt it. That sounds like something he would not be down for. Well, I don't think he really has a choice. I he has to play along. I'm just so, kidding. I think it would be right up his alley. Yeah, he's going to play uh, the sum of all flames against you, Maddie, coming up at 830. Mm-hmm. I've, I, have the, I have the numbers. I have stuff that I've done. Excellent. It's a little easier than the first time we played. Okay. Is there any rosters I should maybe take a no, peek at? No, or? I'm not going to let you know ahead of time. Okay. Because that'll be too easy. Mm-hmm. Then then you'll it'll burn into your little memory. Okay. But it'll be easier than the last time we played. Okay. Sounds good. So we're going to do that at 8.30 to wrap up the week on a front Friday. Mm-hmm. That's right. what we're going to do. I'm stoked. Um, Flames of the Gigantic win last night, 6-2 over the Coyotes. And... Yegor Sharangovich uh, continues to score goals, uh, five goals in two games. Um, I almost did the thing last night, but then I'm like, nah, I'm just too lazy. I don't want to do it. You know when everybody was just ripping on the trade? Mm-hmm. And everybody was angrily tweeting about the trade when it happened? To, you wanted to go find receipts? And just start like retweeting? Because mm-hmm. I, I believe the take we had on it was we just felt it was just a touch underwhelming. Yeah. That was our, that we didn't hate the deal. We didn't hate it. It no. was just a touch underwhelming, mm-hmm. we thought, at the time. And obviously, there's still a ton to be uh, decided in this deal. Sharon Govich has one more goal, one more assist than Tyler Toffoli does with the Devils last night. And he's eight years younger, uh, and he's a lot bigger and faster. But um, he was great last night. I know night. If he's a lot bigger. Well, he's Toffoli's pretty big. Yeah, okay, taller. Yeah, he's much faster than Toffoli. Yeah, much though. faster. Yeah. Than to Foley. Um, but 42 games into that trade, looking damn good for Craig Conroy as his first big trade as GM of the Calgary Flames. Obviously, there's still a lot to be decided. And if the Devils win a Stanley Cup and Tyler Toffoli's a big part of that, obviously they win the deal, they win the Stanley Cup, blah, blah, blah. But as of right now, a trade that a lot of the fan base hated, including probably the first month of the season, slam dunk home run for Craig Conroy. 
Got a pick out of it. Uh, player. Yeah, got a third round pick too. Yeah, got a pick out of it. Got a player who you know didn't want to be here anymore out of it as well, and someone that it really didn't make sense to give him a long term contract either, right? So in that sense, you know, check marks on both accounts, and then you know it's just kind of another example of Craig Conroy being pretty good at evaluating talent and understanding that maybe what we saw from Yegor Sharangovich when he had 46 points played on a line with Jack Hughes, you know, before everybody else got to Jersey and kind of filled up the roster where he couldn't really play anymore. He became a healthy scratch last year for some of the season and in the playoffs was a healthy scratch, but listen, he, he, he's one of those guys that if you put him in a place to succeed with his skill set, he's going to do it. Do you want him to go out there and bang bodies and be hard on the forecheck? whatever. It's not really his job. It's not really what he does. He scores goals like yesterday where somehow he has that ridiculous reach and he puts it under the bar with that backhand on Vizmelka for the second goal of the game. Like it's silky smooth. That's what he does. The one timer from Huberto. Also, what a pass. (laughs) Not bad. I want to get to that in a sec. Right in the wheelhouse. Yeah, he's a good player. He's got a lot of skill. I think Craig Conroy deserves a lot of credit. Him and his staff for, you know, talent acquisition evaluating the talent, understanding that this is a guy that probably just needed another shot somewhere and a little bit more playing time. And sure enough, he's filling the score sheet now. Yeah, those that trio played together, if I do recall, earlier on in the season. And For it like re- a week. Yeah, it really wasn't working at the beginning of the year. No. But now all of a sudden, and, and I know they talked about it on the broadcast last night, but to me, uh, and GVP will be happy about this. Listen, we've taken shots at Jonathan Huberto, and deservedly so. The guy sucked for the majority of the season. He was incredibly dynamic last night, and he has been really good the last few games here. And the fact that, you know, maybe Lindholm was getting the credit to me, no. The reason why that line is working right now, it's the vision and the passing of Jonathan Huberto. Because that dude, I don't know what it is, New Year's resolution, whatever, ever since that, that New Year's Eve game, he's been a different player. The plays he was making last night was the Jonathan Huberto plays that we're accustomed to seeing. That dude is playing with so much confidence right now, and you can absolutely see it on the ice. I don't know if it's Mark Savard taping his stick and outlining it with the puck because it's a pretty sick tape job, but whatever Jonathan Huberto is doing right now, he looks fantastic, and he's the one who's driving that line because a couple of those passes he made last night, Mm -hmm. Flames could have scored a couple more goals off some of his feeds last night. He has been unreal. Last night, I I thought it was his best game of the season last night. The way he was handling the puck, the way he was distributing it, his vision, the power play in the third period when they scored that goal, when they snapped it around, was a thing of beauty. And that was Jonathan Huberto taking charge in that power play, distributing the puck. And you could even tell the Coyotes were even backing up because they were worried about what Jonathan Huberto was going to do. I think he played his best game of the season last night, and I think if he can continue that play, because that's something we've been talking about. This isn't Ross Atkins saying, internally we can be better, and then you just want to throw up because the Blue Jays are super frustrating. If the Flames can get better play internally from the guys they have locked down from here to eternity under contract, namely Jonathan Huberto, and the way Jacob Marstrom's playing, what I saw last night against a Coyotes team that isn't great, but they were ahead of the Flames in the standings, this can be a playoff team. It really can. Well, here's the thing. Like, when I look at the standings, and I was kind of looking at this yesterday before, you know, watching all the games, uh, there's probably one spot open in the West for... Yes, I thought about that, too. Six teams, Yeah, I guess. Oilers, Canucks, Kings, Golden Knights are going to make the playoffs. 
Yeah, I think, and then the Jets, Avalanche, and Stars as sure. well, I think, are, are all locks in the Central. And then you got the Preds. It's wide open. Preds, Kraken, Blues, Flames, Coyotes. You know, throw the Wild in there if you really want. But, yeah, it's wide open for all those guys. Hubero's playing well right now. I think, I, I don't, I wouldn't really point to one person in particular and say this is the reason the line is going. I think that all three guys have kind of started to turn a corner. Like Lindholm wins another board battle against two guys to set up the two-on-one goal. He's been doing that a lot more the last few games, and that's when he's at his best, when he is an absolute pest, and he's stealing pucks from guys and turning it over and sending it the other way. And then you've got Sharon Govich, who looks... Obviously, Miles more comfortable in this environment and obviously playing very well with his line mates and showing off all the skill that he has. And then Huberto's looking comfortable and more like the player that you kind of saw in Florida a little bit more. So across the board, I think all three have kind of started to turn a corner. Um, Huberto's best game of the season. Sure, I I guess. I don't know. Um, he was solid. He was really good. He had a couple. I agree. There was... Two, three instances in the first period where teammates could have buried for him, yeah. but didn't. But that's fine because they ended up winning six two. Yeah, that th- that as th- long as you're creating chances. Yeah, the third period power play is the one that really struck out, that really stuck out to me last night, and how he was uh, the general of the power play and how he was distributing the puck. Uh, GVP is a guy on our team, uh, guy on our team. Well, he is our team. Um, a guy in our show who is uh, saying Huberto's got to get going. He's the most talented player on the team. You think that was his best game last night of the season? It's got to be right up there. If it, if it's not his best game, it, it's definitely one of his best three, I would think. And o- over this season, when I was kind of talking about like when he needs to get going, when he wasn't a factor, he was just simply not impactful. You couldn't even see him in most of these games. And then over the last couple weeks, when he's not even getting on the score sheet, you can still say, hey, this guy's driving play. He's still an impactful player. Yesterday, he was all over the ice. I thought he was amazing. Yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic last night, and that only bodes well for the Calgary Flames and their playoff chances. Um, we have a ton to get to, as I mentioned. Brent Cron in studio at 8 o'clock. We'll play the sum of all Flames at 8.30, and we'll talk to Frank Cervalli at 7.30. Uh, we'll also dive into something that Eric Francis said during the intermission, the first intermission last night at the top of the hour um last night too i liked the uh the physicality that the flames brought i thought pospisil was being a rat mm-hmm. like he has been lately and he's playing at his best when he is a rat man a lot of teams must hate that line with Kadri and pospisil because Kadri draws the most penalties in the nhl mm-hmm. they must hate playing against those guys because i think pospisil does it really and that he has that dark visor yeah and he's and, not going to scrap you either. he's not going to scrap you either he's just going to duck his chin underneath his visor while you're ultimate pest he's yeah coming along but that's yeah. what i like right, right like now? he's he's definitely a rat out there uh, i like to see that um Zary thought, has that smile that would just drive me nuts yeah um the fourth line i think was the only negative last night they were struggling out there, Dylan Dubé back into the lineup. I actually I, thought Dylan had some pretty good shifts. Yeah, I thought that the first period um, where he got mixed up with uh, Mauser and he should have got a penalty, uh, should have drew a penalty, and he also blew him up behind the net after taking a big hit. Mm-hmm. But I did like the physicality of the Flames last night. I like how they were protecting in front of Jacob Markstrom. I thought that was huge last night. But I did like how physical they were last night in the desert. Yeah, and this is a team that they don't necessarily have a whole bunch of guys that I look at and say, wow, these guys can really go out and and bang bodies. Um, There was a a few instances out there with the fourth line that they went out there and they were able to kind of throw their their weight around a little bit. 
you know, this also isn't necessarily a, a Coyotes team that I think you want to get in a bunch of scraps with. Like, that Liam O'Brien, he's one of the, uh, one of a forgotten type of player, for sure. Big bruiser, doesn't yep. do a whole lot of offense, fourth line, just kind of beats people up and goes about his business. I thought they were fine physical. I didn't think it was, it didn't necessarily stand out to me a whole time. Um, but when they're playing like that, it's good for the Flames. It adds a different little aspect to their game. It's not something that a lot of guys on the group does. They're not the Minnesota Wild. They're not going to go out and take a pound of flesh every single shift. But I just thought that it was more, not even the physical, just like fast checking and not giving the Coyotes any sort of room, any sort of space. Like the turnovers that they were giving to the Flames, and I mentioned earlier, Almost all of them ended up in the back of their net. Mm -hmm. But I, I, that was one thing that certainly stood out to me was the pressure they were throwing at some of these Coyotes forwards, some of the defensemen, and, and being able to kind of push that forward after and keep going after. I, it was a good game for them checking. Like, Arizona did not have a lot. They had yeah. that one rush, the four-on-two, where Keller's able to beat Markstrom. Apart from that, I didn't think that they were overly dangerous. There were some other moments in the second that Markstrom was good, but... Overall, I thought it was a really good job by the Flames to kind of keep things outside, especially in the third period where, you know, they get another goal early to go up 5-2 at the time. And that was pretty much it. Kept everything outside after that to get one more on the power play and off to Vegas we go. I uh, I really liked Markstrom's game last night and it's something I want to talk to Cron about coming up at 8.30. I thought he was ridiculously explosive. Mm. from post to post last night. Sure. A couple of those saves, how he just exploded across the crease to make the stop, were huge saves because Arizona had a ton of pushback there. And credit to them in the second period. But I did also enjoy the Bronx cheer for uh, Vishmelka when he got it at 9.44 to go in the first period after he made that save, after the Flames were scoring. You couldn't really fault the guy. Like, well, I thought you could. The first goal and the second goal, I didn't think he played very well. well. I thought yeah, he was in a bad place in. on both. Yeah, kind of lost first. his net. He was incredibly out of like yeah. he was way out of position on the, the first Sharon one which goal was just a nice really nice hockey play it's a just good play but he's also way out to dry there yeah he's floundering around like Sharon Govich had half the net to pot that thing it's not like he snuck it in a little window I thought mm -hmm. I thought he was brutal yesterday like this is a guy the last year I thought was outstanding and everyone wanted to trade for him and now Connor yeah. Ingram's the guy in Arizona and yeah, I, I thought he was bad early. Well, we'll get the wasn't ready of, to start, and I thought the Bronx cheer was appropriate. We'll get the uh, thoughts of Vishmalka's play too from Brent Cron coming up at eight o'clock. All right, what do you got coming up in the Rose Report? Because it's very Hames, Hames, Flames heavy. Jeez, what is wrong with me? Uh, we got Flames. The rest of the NHL sked. It's Super Wild Card Weekend in the yes. NFL, so we'll uh, take a little quick peek at that. Uh, Vladdy's going to Arb. Raptors mm. are on the road. Stamps are having a nice off season. We got lots of stuff to get. All through. right, we'll do uh, the Rose Report straight ahead. It's the big show, Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan, like for the love of Christmas, stay warm out there today. All right, bitterly cold. It's going to be a high of minus thirty two. Is that, am I reading that right? That's the high. Um, yeah. It's going to feel minus like thirty one. Minus oh, minus, okay, it's warming up. But I mean, yeah. but yesterday, like between minus twenty-seven and minus thirty-one, what's, what's the difference? difference? What's the no, difference? There ain't no difference. Yeah, out at there. that point, it's it's uncomfortable to be outside for moments. Yeah, um, quick walks for the pups. Maybe uh, that for free. Monday uh, tonight. I can't even believe this is real. 
Uh, it's going to be minus 39, and it's going to feel like minus 49. Yeah, it's been uh, almost 20 years since we've had a high of minus 30. <laughs> hey, move to Calgary, they said, George. Move to Calgary and host a it's like, It's like one week. Five, I know, five, I know. Ten days out of the year. We got it. Unbelievable. I know. I can toughen through. Yeah. Although I'm soft, soft as butter in the hot sun. Yeah, you are. Very soft. Yep. Um, update on your car, GVP. Is it still freezing? <laughs> I was driving his mom's van. Yeah, I, I was think. driving my mother's van yeah. into work today. Did you check yeah. your uh, coolant tank? I checked the coolant tank. I checked the Johnson rod, the blue, yep. the blinker fluids, all that stuff. But uh, we're okay, still waiting on a, a fix for this heater. Okay, I, s- I saw my brother yesterday, the yes. mechanic brother. Oh, okay, he was upset with how we talked about vehicles yesterday. Yeah, because we're not real men. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, no that's kidding. What he said, he was yeah. very rude about it. Yeah, like yeah, we're we're girly men. That's what we are. Little soft hands. Yeah, I could have taken mechanics in high school, but I took <laughs> foods instead. Yeah. yeah, my brother was like, what are you talking about with batteries? You guys don't know anything. I said a battery blanket makes sense. You put a battery blanket on a battery in this weather. That's what makes sense. Yeah. And do what he said, don't do that. Let, <laughs> what let, do you let do Let their then? batteries die. <laughs> and I, oh, said, okay. I said, you're being a grimy mechanic. Oh, yeah. so he gets paid. That's what he wants. Well, I don't, it's not really how it works. Yeah, we don't know about that stuff. No. I do know about a battery blanket, though. Okay, all right. <laughs> Because I have one. Yeah. Like, how about that? Like, I'm not resourceful enough to steal a catalytic converter like everybody else does. I don't know how to do that. I don't even know where it is. No, I'm more of a copper guy. Okay. <laughs> copper wiring, yes. If I'm going to steal anything, it's copper wire. Yeah. Maddie's just just jamming all this There's stuff. There's a lot right. of them downtown. You can just hop in there late night and go and grab yourself a little copper. Uh, I don't know what you do with it next. You know what? But I'm I just still... Like, where do, sell you, it. do you sell it? Yeah. I don't know. I got a lot of copper. <laughs> you sell it. <laughs> I'm sure my buddy wouldn't mind me telling this. I'm not going to say his name. Um, he works at General Motors in St. Catharines. My dad worked at GM. He retired from yeah. GM. So there was a gentleman, um, very, you know, in his 60s, been at, been at the company over 35 years. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's, uh, he's walking out. It's on security camera. He's in a very bulky jacket. Hell yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he just passes out and falls down face oh. first. Oh, no. Passed out. Oh, no. You're like, he's an older gentleman. You, you, you're hoping, you know, this isn't a medical emergency. He's going to be okay. The dude had two crankshafts on a piece of rope around his neck underneath his coat. He was trying to steal them out. And the weight of the crankshafts cut off the circulation to his head, and he passed out, and he fell face first at the front entrance of General Motors. And they discovered he was trying to steal two giant crankshafts. That's um, bad because you know that the video is going to be no good, right? Yeah, like the, the it's pretty incriminating. Like you see that you see that you see that video of that dude yeah. in Alabama at the Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, I did see that, <laughs> and I have so many questions. <laughs> Dude was not having a day. Like, I, I really tried to zoom in. I'm like, did you? Sir. Yeah. Rough. How cold was that water, really? Tough vibes. I don't think it was that cold. I, oh, I he think... jumped in the aquarium. Yeah, you get yeah. arrested for doing that. Yeah, but uh, two crankshafts, uh, and you can get like four grand online for each of those. <laughs> Pretty small crankshaft. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, so he uh, yeah passed out, fell face first. Mm. He goes, it was the best watching it. Yeah, I bet. Probably fired, hey? Uh, no, probably not. Oh. Hmm. No. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have told that story. Hmm. Oh, well. All right. Um, Rose Report time brought to <laughs> yeah, you by okay. MotorWorks. Uh, MotorWorks should probably fix your 
BMW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you own a BMW, choose Motors for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Matty Rose. Oh, yeah, friends. What's up? Riding this train right into the weekend. We had the Flames and Coyotes down in the desert. It was part of a 13-game NHL schedule. We'll also tee up wildcard weekend in the NFL. Oliver Shillington made his season debut with the Wranglers. Whole bunch of other notes as well. Jay Stamps, all sorts of stuff. Let's dive in. Flames are down in Arizona to take on the Coyotes at the mullet. First of two meetings in a five-day span. Flames have won six of their last seven games against the Coyotes going into this one. A couple of lineup changes. Jan Kuznetsov out for Jordan Osterley. Dylan Dubé back in for Walker Dewar. And how about the start for Michael Backlund playing in game number 950, taking over sole possession of second place on the all-times game played list for the Calgary Flames. 20 seconds in, a bingo. And here they come as Backlund takes a pass, walks in, shoots, and scores! What a way to celebrate! Michael Backlund playing in his 950th game, moving into sole possession of second place, all-times game played. Derek, I literally just said all of that. Um, 20 seconds in. Wait, Michael Backlund second on the all-time list now? How come they weren't talking about that? A gift from Clayton Keller ends up with number 11, lighting the lamp just 20 seconds in. Great job. Flames took a penalty moments later. Kadri for slashing. Flames to the power kill. Here's Blake Coleman ahead. Igor Sharon scores! A beautiful forehand to backhand move by Igor Sharon who scores the Flames NHL co-leading 10th shorthanded goal of the season. Oh. A shorty for Sharky, and it's 2-0 Flames. Sharky? Mm. Smooth call. Mm. A shorty for Sharky, and it's 2-0 Flame. I love that. What happens when Yegor goes to the club? A shorty for Sharky. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, GVP. All right, he beats Vizmelka, increased the Flames lead early, followed that up with an outstanding bump-up shift. Here's Hubert behind the net, centering Anderson shoots and misses Vizmelka's net. Locked in a left point, held it at the line by Uyghur, who locks it and drops it. Kadri shoots it and misses the net. Rebound, Anderson scores! Yeah, how about it? Three call before the Woo. first TV timeout. Um, if you want to look up, uh, for all you kids out there who didn't watch Brett Hall play, mm-hmm. Brett Hall was an incredible sniper, and he oh. got a lot of assists by missing the net and would deflect off the boards. Mm. Uh, that was a Brett Hall assist by Nassim Khatri last <laughs> night. Ripped the shot, just missed, bounces right up to Anderson, who I thought was fantastic last night. Bangs in a goal, flames flying, I don't know, best 10 minutes of the season. I don't think there's any question. They were great. Coyotes got on the board with a weird bouncing puck in the slot. Play looked relatively harmless, but it ended up in the back of the net. Anyways, the only way you can beat Jacob Markstrom right now is if it goes off one of his own guys. <laughs> Flames got it right back, though. How about the Texas Tiger? Flames come back, shoot, and score! While they're announcing the Coyotes' first goal, <laughs> the Flames get it right back. Blake Coleman picking up another point. And he makes it four to one flames. Yeah, and Rusty likes that one. Yes, he does. They, they didn't want nothing to do with that that coyote howl. They're like, nope. Yeah, score yeah shut that thing up. <laughs> shut that thing up right now. Man. Shut that baby up. Shut that baby up. <laughs> uh, four one after the first. Uh, 
every time uh, the, the, the Flames play the Stars, you hear just over and over again how great uh, Joe Pavelski is at tipping pucks. Yeah. Oh, he just practices it every day for 20 minutes after yeah. the morning skate. That tip by Blake Coleman through his legs that went into the top corner yeah, off the gross. point shot from Tanev, that was a disgustingly incredible skill play. Mm. Like, that thing was a just a vision on how that puck went into the net. It was absolutely gorgeous the, the players? way he tipped that through. And you talk about a guy who's playing with confidence right now. When does Blake Coleman ever do between-the-legs tips? I never saw that last season. Oh, he's red hot, baby. That's what I mean. And the players have been talking about it. Like, when he's on the ice, you just got to kind of put it in his vicinity, and it might end up in the back of the net right now. Like, that tip was one of the nicest goals of this Calgary Flames season. And Rusty likes that one. Yep. Texas just, Tiger. Just one goal in the second period. Chris Tanev couldn't control a weird bouncing play. Keller beat Markstrom with a one-timer on a four-on-two. It was a nice play for the Coyotes, but the Flames were able to settle it down to an extent. Thought Jacob Markstrom was outstanding in the second period. Yeah, he uh, was. Did a great job keeping the Coyotes at an arm's length. Into the third. First off, got to share what was on the bro- broadcast. Uh, last game, it was the Backlund family front and center for the lineups. This time, it was the dad. Getting to read out their son's names on the lineup card. I loved how embarrassed all the players were getting. Have a listen. The starting center tonight is going to start his 950 games. It's number 11, Michael Backlund. Yeah, all right, Mr. Backlund. Gentlemen, starting at right or left wing, I'm never sure which. (laughs) The Texas Tiger, number 20, Blake yeah. yeah, I like how he has the Beasley voice there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Starting at right or left wing, I'm never sure which. <laughs> the Texas Tiger. No. The Texas Tiger. <laughs> I got to make sure I'm saying that one. I'm just going to slide that over there. The Texas Tiger. Yeah, they got that one forever. Perfect. Okay, uh, this one. Six foot one, 210 pounds. <laughs> number 88 from Bolton, Ontario, Andrew Mangiapane. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Must can we get the size can, from his Can mom. we fact check that one? Is it six foot one, yeah, two ten? We might need to do okay. a little bit of. Okay. This is something <laughs> that I caught that I want you to play again. Uh huh. Have we been saying his name wrong the whole time? Because his dad just said his name. Six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds, <laughs> number eighty-eight, from Bolton, Ontario, Andrew Mangiapane. Mangiapane. Yeah, I've heard of both. Mangiapane. Andrew Mangiapane. Mangiapane. Manjapani. That was his manj. Manjapani. No. Andrew Manjapani. Manjapani. What are we talking about here? Well, I'm just saying the way he says his voice. What? His name. Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't know where he got 61210 from. Well, he's, he's like 51084. No, it's a joke. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a get, bit. I get it. Okay. I'm stupid. Keep up. You know what you sound like right there? Social media who can't get sarcasm. <laughs> From Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a 55 Noah Hannafin. Yeah. Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin. From Boston, Mass. <laughs> Go hard out there, son. Go harder. 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 I'm going to go touch Ryan Leslie's head now. Yeah. <laughs> he was not happy about that. Starting on right D from East York, Ontario. The player in the NHL, the goalies fear the most with his powerful shot. <laughs> Christopher Tanner. Nice. We might have to fact check that one as well, actually. And, and Tanev's one tooth was shining through with a smile yeah. on his face oh, there. Boy, Old Chopper ever. was yeah. out there. This shotgun tool he's got attached to his gums there. Starting in net, the second best goal in our family. <laughs> Number 25, Jacob Markson. Yeah. Hey. Hey. 
We might have to fact check that one as well. We might have to. Hmm. Some tall tales perhaps being told. Anyways, the Flames are great in the third. They'll play the puck through the neutral zone. Ahead to Michelli. He gets turned back at the Flames' blue line. Here's Lindholm. Ahead to Huberdeau. We've got a 2-1-1. Huberdeau to Sharon Govich. He scores! Backs it up to the blue line to Uyghur. Uyghur back to Huberdeau. Dangles in and drops. Lindholm to Sharon Govich. He scores! Yegor Sharon Govich with another wicked one-timer as he completes his second career hat-trick. And it's 6-2 Flames. I highly recommend you go search out that second, or pardon me, the third goal for Yegor Sharangovich and, and just try and keep an eye on the fans uh, up against the glass there. There's an exuberant Flames fan who um, well, he has a little bit of a stumble into the lap of some Coyotes fans there as well. It was a party down at the mullet for the Flames fans yesterday. Yeah, um, you pointed that out to us <laughs> this morning. There was a couple of Oilers suck chants in the yeah, third period. I, I like the enthusiasm of, uh, of the Flames fans who um, left this freezer to go down to the desert to watch um, them stomp the Coyotes. Again, that third period, uh, they just did a good job of shutting things down. But the confidence I'm seeing from number 10 right now, he is flying out there. Jonathan Huberto was, was a big difference maker last night. Obviously, all the attention goes to Sharon Govich for scoring the three goals and some of the big saves Jacob Marstrom made to keep the team uh, with a healthy lead in the second period. But the confidence in the little passing plays and how the uh, and how the Coyotes were backing up on him, I thought I thought Jonathan Huberto was great. And he's a guy that he's been th the biggest target on this Flames team and, and for obvious reasons, makes too much money and has been a shell of himself. He's been really good these last few games, and I said it earlier on in the show, and I'm going to say it again. Gosh uh -huh. darn it. Yeah. Best game of Huberto's season. Flames win 6-2. Fun one at the mullet. They're now 7-1 in their last nine against the Coyotes. Ryan Huska after the game. I loved it tonight. There was a lot of good that we did early on in the game. I think the lineup read that we, we used tonight probably put us over the top. Um, but when you get a lead like that, it's hard for teams to come back on. So I was really pleased with it. We need, we need more of those. Yeah, more of those, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you know we could how, just be up by three at the end of the first, that'd we, be great. Yeah, we, We've had the conversations on the show. You know how people say, oh, if you have more fun at the rink, you're going to play better. And I like, I go, hey, just dial it back last night. That was a perfect example for, for people who have that take. Last night was that. Having a lot of the fun with the dads there, a lot of good vibes around this team. Obviously, you don't have the negativity Winning at times. Fun. At times, where the other coach was behind the bench, mm. just good vibes around the uh, the Flames last night, and a big win by the Coyotes, and and it showed on the ice. Let's get to the rest of the NHL sked. The Flames will play the Golden Knights Saturday. Oilers and Red Wings yesterday. Edmonton's win streak was on the line. They needed overtime in this one. Now to Hyman, skates the puck in down the left wing. He'll drive to the net, knocked off his stick. Puck comes loose. Here's Nurse. Scores! Darnell Nurse wins it for Edmonton. Sure does. The unassisted tally. Nurse Eggman. with the game winner goal. Oilers have now won nine in a row. That ties the longest run in franchise history. They're shooting up the standings, too. Uh, listen, we. this is something that we expected. Mm. We were piling on the Oilers. We were crapping all over them. But what did we say? This is eventually going to come <laughs> back and bite us in the ass because they're going to be playing well and probably make it into the playoffs. This is exactly they're, what's happening right now. They're going to be the three but, in the Pacific here in a but, matter of moments. But we but we enjoyed our time mm -hmm. crapping on the Oilers. But again, it still doesn't change the fact that the team is flawed. Oh, yeah. They are a very flawed roster. Can't wait for the choke in the playoffs.
going to be great. Okay. Uh, Canucks and Penguins also needed overtime. Three on one for the Penguins. Eric Carlson right wing. Centering pass. Herodic broken up. Here go the Canucks the other way. Elias Patterson in alone. On a breakaway. Patterson to the forehead. Scores! Patterson. Elias Patterson wins it for the Canucks. Their fourth straight victory. The lotto line pillages the Penguins. And the oh, Canucks boy. take it 4-3 oh, oh, oh. in good Pittsburgh. One. Brendan Bachelor. My goodness. Aggressive. Lean into it, sir. How about the players double dipping in this one? Yeah. Brock Besser, two goals. Sidney Crosby, two goals. Pedersen second, the overtime winner. Oh, the other guy that scored for uh, Pittsburgh? Mm. Marcus Pedersen. No. Oh. <laughs> Pedersen has seven goals in his last four games. Uh, Elias. Uh, he also has a game winner for the Canucks in their last four games. Pay the man. That ties Daniel Alfredson for the second longest streak and only behind Newsy Lalonde, nice. who did it in five straight games in the 1920-1921 season. Who doesn't remember old Newsy Lalonde? One of my favorites. Canucks have won four in a row. Leafs and Islanders, bit of a trend here, needed overtime. Islanders win the faceoff, drops into the net front for Borosdale. Shoot! He scores! Matt Borosdale with his fourth point of the night! And it's an overtime game-winning goal! 21 seconds into sudden death! Borosdale is Hell yeah. Austin Matthews scored twice, but it's not enough. Matt Barzell, the OT winner. Islanders win it 4-3 early in overtime, too. Four points for Barzell in the game. Third time that he's done that this year. Blackhawks and Jets, no overtime, but a one-goal game. The game winner came late. Now Brendan Dillon into where the middle for Lowry. One touch to head for Ehlers. One-on-one. Swings in. Shoots. Score! Nikolai Ehlers! Starting inside the zone, Winnipeg scored two quickies, and they lead it two to one. Yep, two goals in the final three and a half minutes of the contest. They end up winning the game. It's an outstanding showing for the Jets, and they have now won eight in a row. Franchise record. Yes, sir. They are red hot right now. Also, uh, just trying to get to the scores here from yesterday. The Senators and the Canadiens were also in action. Canadians lost to the Sharks 3-2. Senators lost to the Sabres 5-3. Vibes, no good. Panthers put their eight-game win streak on the line against the Kings yesterday. This one also needed some overtime. Sam Reinhardt gets the winner. That's 30 on the season for Reinhardt. A power play goal as overtime was about to expire. Panthers beat the Kings. They've won nine games in a row. They are shooting up the Atlantic Division standings. All the win streaks kept going. Even the Kraken beat the Capitals. They've won eight in a row and are just outside a wild card spot. Tonight, a couple of games. Predators visit the Stars and the Wild welcome the Flyers. Both start at 6 o'clock. And as well, a warning to all of you fantasy hockey players. I'm going to tell you right now. Tell a friend. Games start at 11 a.m. on Monday. It is Martin Luther King Day down Mm. in the U.S. So if you're in a weekly league like George and I, your lineups are going to lock very early in the day. Make sure you're aware of that because I know a lot of people like to do it as they're kind of on their lunch and stuff like that. Games will have already started at 11 a.m. on Monday. Something to be aware of. Oliver Showington made his Wranglers debut yesterday. Solid crowd in attendance despite the weather as they took on the Ontario Reign. Calgary Mark Russell scored the game winner. He's got goals in three straight games since he joined the club. Scored it late. Oliver Shillington didn't hit the score sheet. Took one penalty but thought he was solid. He played a ton. Plenty of power play time as well. A couple of solid rushes. Had a few rusty shifts but overall a solid return. Rematch tonight. We'll have it right here on Sportsnet 960. Sandra Persina on the call at 7. I will be on the color as the Wranglers and the Rain battle once again. It's Super Wild Card Weekend yes. in the NFL. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? 
I just hope we can win a game. All right, here's oh, yeah. what's going to happen. We're going to go through six games. I want you each to give me just one very brief thought on it. Can you handle this task? Yes. Okay, good. We'll Maybe. start with the Browns and the Texans. 2.30 on Saturday. The Browns are favored by 2.5. The total is set at 44.5. Uh, it's going to be interesting. If the Browns can take away Nico Collins, I think they have an incredible chance of winning this game because the defense has been the linchpin of their entire season. If Joe Flacco can sling it around and hit Amari Cooper with big plays and hit David Njoku in the slot and uh, ride that good running game they have with Ford, I think I think the Browns can go into Houston and beat the Texans. Again, this is all found money mm-hmm. for Houston. It's all gravy. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought they are going to make the playoffs. Nobody thought they'd win the division. Nobody thought they'd be here. Their season's already a success under year one under D'Amico Ryans. I like the Browns in this spot. I wonder about the status of Denzel Ward. He's banged up uh, his knee. We're going to monitor that. That'd be a massive loss uh, if the Browns can't have him in the secondary. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this Browns team. I think they can go on a run here. And I think that, you know, how I have it, the playoffs setting up, Joe Flacco is going to be going into Baltimore. And that's going to be amazing. <laughs> Uh, we get the Dolphins and the Chiefs Saturday. It's going to be ridiculously cold. Yeah. The Dolphins are optimistic that Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert will be able to play. Chiefs are favored by four and a half. The total set at 44. Can Kansas City offense get on track here against a Miami team that... you? It's, this is a tough one. Travis Kelsey needs to be Travis Kelsey, but something's he's either dealing with something or he's completely done already. Because Travis Kelsey's not getting the separation in the middle of the field that he did at the beginning of the season. And the whole Taylor Swift thing, though. He could be dealing with an injury. He could be dealing with something. Because that combination... Or he could just be like 34. Right. But but again, he was still really good in the first half of the season where he was putting up games over 100 yards. We did the stats on the show. If Kelsey and, and Mahomes can wake up and, and keep pace here, I think they win. Because I'm not a big believer in the Miami Dolphins. I actually think they're kind of fraudulent. Because... Beat somebody, Miami, and show me that you can beat somebody, not only in the regular season, but now in the playoffs. I think the Chiefs get this done at freezing uh, Arrowhead. Yeah, it sounds like the the wind chills will be between minus 20 and minus 30. Could be one of the coldest games in NFL history. Obviously not going to bold well for the team from South Florida. I am excited to, to see what Tua can do, though, with Tyreek Hill and a healthy Jalen Waddle. I, I think that Miami can score in this one. I think the Dolphins can keep this one close. I'm all over uh, Isaiah Pacheco rush yard props. Oh, okay. uh, Sunday, 11 a.m., Steelers, Bills. Bills are favored by 10 in this one. The total set at 36.5. No T.J. Watt for the Steelers. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, can Mason Rudolph sling it around and keep that passing game going? Because he has been good lately here. Um, hit Deontay Johnson with that massive play to get on Saturday night to get the Steelers into the playoffs. Uh, that, that That's the key to me. Can the Steelers offense, and they have been better lately with Mason Rudolph under mm-hmm. center, can George Pickens get into the game? Can Deontay Johnson make some big catches? Maybe Jalen Warren out of the backfield catching a few explosive plays too. Can they keep pace with the Bills, whose defense has been really good, Patrick? I uh, know TJ Watt, obviously, for the Steelers, and that's a big loss, but Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be back. That's a huge help in that secondary. Josh Allen's been a... A little bit wild. He's a wild man, but that's just how it's going to go for the Bills. If they, he's going to try to will them into a Super Bowl, this might be their best chance at doing it. I don't like that line. I think the Steelers are going to keep this one close as well. We got the two uh, touchdown passing leaders in the NFL going head-to-head on this one. Dak Prescott, 36 touchdowns thrown this year. Jordan Love, second in the NFL with 32 thrown. Packers and Cowboys, 230 Sunday. Cowboys are favored by 7.5. Total is 50.5. Uh, again, beat somebody 
good, Dallas. And I know they beat the Eagles earlier on in the season, and that was a big tipping point for them. But Philly's defense has been absolutely horrendous since week 12. Uh, this is a good spot for the Packers. Again, a team nobody expected to get into the playoffs. Year one with Jordan Love under center. Oh, here comes Green Bay. Very young team. They got nothing to lose going into Dallas. I think they'll keep this close. Uh, boys, really quickly, we're going to get through uh, mm-hmm. Rams-Lions at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Lions minus 3, totals 51.5. Monday, Eagles are minus 3. Buccaneers, uh, that game in Tampa Bay, total 43.5. But breaking news from Adam Schefter, uh, the Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo as their next yes. head coach. He'll be uh, formally introduced at a press conference next week. And it sounds like it was always written into Gerard Mayo's contract that he was always going to be the successor to Bill Belichick. Whether Bill knew that, that's another story. Interesting. That is the uh, brother of former Stampeder Deron Mayo, if I'm not... uh, Well, really? uh, Deron and Gerard? Yeah. 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 Derek, Gerard, and Duran are all brothers. I think uh, one of them played with the Stampeders and was on their coaching staff as well. I want to say Duran, but I'm now I'm now I'm second guessing myself on a panic. Yeah, Duran was a stamp from 2012 to 2017. Yes. He also yes. now works for the Patriots. Yes, as he their, does. Uh, strength Nailed and conditioning it. coach. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Raptors on the road. They visit the Jazz at 7:30 on Sportsnet. Anything else from the association catch your eye yesterday, boys? Uh... Oh. No. Bucks end up winning? I saw a little bit Oklahoma of that. Oklahoma City blew out oh, Portland by 62. 62, yeah, I saw oh my that. <laughs> fifth, fifth largest uh, they winning only market. 77 points. This, this, is, this is the GVP segment where it's like, what, what were you watching yesterday? What did you see? Watching the Thunder kill well, the Blazers. I, I just I just happened to see that headline. Like, That's good. Like, the Blazers only scored 77 in a full basketball game. They are terrible. Uh, <laughs> you, you, want a, uh, you want a hot take? That's really not that hot. We always love hot takes from George. <laughs> um, Shea Gilgis Alexander might be Canada's best best athlete right now. He is. He won the he won the North Star Award. So no, yeah. I don't care about that. I'm just saying that's right Canada's now. best athlete. <laughs> and I'm including Connor McDavid in that right now. Yeah, no, SGA is great. Uh, Raptors play the Jazz at 7:30, and like I said, that's going to be on Sportsnet. Hey, did you hear Vladdy's going to arbitration? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Shai Davidi says that Vlad is filed at 19.9 million. The Jays have countered at 18.05. How All do right, we feel about small this? Potatoes yeah, there. I know. I saw that and I was like, give it <laughs> to him. On. What are we doing? <laughs> it's just the side, it's just the business side of things. Again, Vladdy knows he's not stupid. It's fine. Son it's, of it, athletes, it is man. whatever. It, it just it's just the way it is. Our, our, but this, it's not a long term extension. No. It's just one year. Right? But do you really want to give Vladdy a long term extension? No. Not right now. That's what I mean. Yeah. I guess. Uh Sony opened down in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Marcus Stroman signed it into the, the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Golf's back, hey? It sure is. Down in Honolulu, Cam Davis leads at eight under. Taylor Montgomery six under. Four players at five under. Top Canadians Ben Silverman and Adam Hadwin at three under. Corey Connors was one of the favorites to win the tournament. Was even after his first round. Not outstanding. It'll continue all weekend. Last weekend was an elevated event. This one, there isn't as many guys there. Yeah, I just feel like the whole golf season is just still up in the air. Like, John Rahm makes it over to live. Like, are they are they merging? Are they not merging? That's well, 2025 like that they're well, kind of Well, Phil said uh, that live is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, I don't know. It's, it's a whole mess. Just give me the majors. 
The Masters he, is not that far said away. Said he's open to a golf format change after John Rahm demand. He wants to change the. He doesn't want to do the fifty-four anymore. He wants to go full, uh, a full four-round thing. Okay. <laughs> Stampeders are having a nice off-season. We on the way, baby. Yeah, they are. Never give up. Uh, yesterday signed Reggie Bagleton to an extension through twenty twenty-five. That's great to see. Also, Mike Rose was signed through twenty twenty-five. That was back in December, but I uh, haven't really talked about it on the show because we were away. They also restructured Jake Mayer's contract. He gets a $150,000 signing bonus, and his base salary goes down fifty-five k to help the Stampeders on the salary cap a little bit. That, as per Justin Dunk from 3 Down Nation. The Hitmen host the Chiefs at noon today, the Tri-City Americans Sunday. That'll be a Sunday fun day. We'll have both those games on the radio. From the AJ, Okotoks visits Bonneville tonight, then Fort McMurray Saturday and Sunday. Calgary hosts Lloyd Minster Saturday, then they visit Bonneville on Sunday. And the Roughnecks are on the road this weekend. They visit Vancouver at 8 o'clock. That's a Saturday night game. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Maddie. The Rose Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. We'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, Eric Francis said something super interesting during the first intermission last night. We'll play that clip. We'll do our big bets brought to you by Sports Select. We'll talk to Frank Cervalli at 7.30. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.